Oops. What does that mean? What do you mean? Uh, no, I, I got it. I'm uh, putting some jerk didn't put. I know what I. Dog. I when fine. I say oops, what do you mean saying? Oops, there. <laughs> well, you say we try that one again, huh? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Without the oops. Anyway. Today's episode, Independence Day. Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Run podcast. My name is Ryan, your fan favorite from the Moon is Dead World.net, and I'm joined here with the other guy, the guy that's not so popular, <laughs> Christopher Martin, known known on the podcast mostly as just plain old Martin. Yep. That's uh, that's all he likes to be referred to as. So, but uh, how you how you doing today? How you doing? Uh, it's better until I saw this movie. And the movie in question that we're talking about is the overstuffed, political, overtoned, Americanized, uh, bullshit that is... <laughs> Schlock of the 90s. <laughs> that is that is more probably fondly remembered than it should be. That's right. It gets a lot of airtime on TV and cha- uh, syndicated cha- TV FX, channels. Yeah, so FX likes to do like they're like you know DVD, you know. Yeah, they're uh, they used to. You know, you know. Here's a, you know, here's your brunch and film <laughs> dinner and a movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're we're obviously talking about Roland Emmerich's Independence Day, um, and yeah, you're right. It, it does get a lot of credit that it really doesn't deserve. I think that... From our generation. Yeah, I mean, I think that when people look back on it, they look back on it fondly like you would one of your typical summer blockbuster movies. You know, you remember seeing it... This was 1996 when it released. So you remember, you know, from our generation, you remember seeing it during the summer, school's out, you're saying, ah, I'm gonna head off to see this really cool looking film about aliens called Independence Day. And at that time, Independence Day was what PG-13. So in 1996, uh, we would have been six, seven years old. Yeah, yeah, because it's 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm turning 27 tomorrow. That's my birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday! Uh, but um, yeah, so we would have been, you know, six, seven years <laughs> old. And so that would have been really cool at that time. Really cool. Well, it's the same thing. This movie, like I told you, um, it's very similar to Armageddon, which came out in either 98 or 99. Somewhere around there. One of those, it's um, another film from the 90s that was loved. Yeah, 98. 98 for Armageddon. So, another film from the 90s that was loved, and if you look back on it now, you would, because I remember, I specifically remember Armageddon loving it as a kid, thinking like how awesome it was. Now it's like, I fucking hate it. I can't stand it. You don't, I hate you Bruce, don't, I hate Bruce Willis in it. I hate Ben Affleck so, in it. But what Steve about Aerosmith? I fucking, well, I fucking hate that song, and I fucking hate Aerosmith. Anytime I'm listening to like radio, a radio you station. I don't want to miss a thing. Oh, that song's awesome. No, I fucking hate it. What about the country cover of it? There's a country cover? Yes, there is. Oh, God. That's just more twangy. And twangy, not, twangy and not only like that, though, with that film, I feel bad because Steve Buscemi's there. It's like, Boosh, why? <laughs> it's kind of like when he's in an Adam Sandler film. You know he's in an Adam Sandler film because he's friends with Sandler, so it's like that. Like, yeah. But it's at the same time, like, come on, you're, you're better yeah. than this. 
I think he does it as a like a fan. Maybe no. Adam Sandler has like some really big shit on <laughs> Steve Buscemi, like blackmailing. Boosh, you're gonna be in my fucking movie, or else yeah. I'm releasing this. No, you're gonna be in Mr. Deeds, damn it. <laughs> I don't really want to be the blind crazy. You're gonna be in it. <laughs> yeah. Gonna... yeah. Why do you always have to write me as like the fucking crazy blind guy? Like, I don't want to be in it. Nope. Boosh, you're in it. You're in it. Boosh, I'm doing a Netflix special. You're in it. I don't want to. Got two hundred thousand dollars with your name on it. I don't <laughs> want to. <laughs> All right, I, I didn't want to do this, but I got to pull out the pictures. <laughs> I'm gonna release them, which is funny because at the same time, you know, like David Spade and uh, Rob Schneider, are like pick me. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's kind of a given too. I mean, David Spade's like, you know, just shoot me was my was my high point in the '90s for TV for the TV show. So no, he was also in Rules of Engagement. Well, he was in Rules of, but I'm saying. Not in the 90s, though. Like, not, the 90s were, like, his thing, Just Shoot Me, was, like, his thing where he was playing, basically, David Spade being annoying on a TV show. That's what... And that that's was, what, like, his that's thing. What da- that's what David Spade do- does. That's though. what he does. If you, if you think about it, if you think about it, well, we're getting kind of, kind of getting, we're off, getting off topic. I know, but... We this, have a lot to talk about but with this, but, but I know, but this is kind of interesting. When you think about it, the 90s SNL, hey, for me, growing up, 90s SNL, to me, is always going to be, like, the top SNL. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, a lot of those guys, once they got out of SNL, really didn't break away from no. what, you know, their SNL shtick. And really. Sandler stuck to his SNL shtick. He stuck to it. He did stuck to it. Stuck to it. Stuck to it. Schneider definitely did. Yep. Spade definitely did. Dana Carvey really didn't get that. He didn't do shit. He didn't do anything after. Daryl Hammond, he knew he couldn't do anything, so he stuck around for 20 years. Chris Kattan never did anything. Cool, because it's Molly Sh- Romano. Molly Shannon. She's just getting bit parts now wherever she can. Left I know, and right. I know, but I want to be this secondary character that comes in every now and then. Crazy Ant Lady. Molly Shannon's like, yes! I yes, I do! I know, but it's like... At it's work. Time, I know, at the same time, like, like, why did Lauren Michaels think, hey, let's do like a superstar movie? It's the only like, one that really like has... Fun, it's like a funny bit, but let's... Yeah, or, yeah. Like, or like Night at the Roxbury. Like, yeah, let's make that into like... I mean, the only thing, like... You've got your Will Ferrell who's kind of been able to break away. and But he's, and, but he's basically but he, stuck yeah, in the same shtick. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And then you got, like, Tim Meadows, who's stuck in the same shtick, except everybody... Lo- I love it. Except I love it. Mean Girls, the two were seen canoodling. I know. Love it. <laughs> Norm MacDonald, same dead... Yeah. Same dead... But, I, again, to me, though, I love Norm MacDonald. Like, anything that he, like, he does... My dad like, doesn't like it because he doesn't get the anti-comedy of it. Oh my he doesn't God. get the... Like, he would have hated when he roasted, he was doing the roast right, of right. Bob Saget. He's, like, he's, he's like, Bob Saget's a great guy. And because he was on um, Last Comic Standing as a judge, and he was his basic... Like, like not... He was just basically dry. sarcastic and dry and just... like. And my dad couldn't get a handle on it. He was like, he was just really weird on that. It's like yeah, that's normal. Like wh- that's what he was doing. I know. I mean, he. Do you think he's really he was gonna hilar- offer I know, he was any hilarious. like? Good, good- I, I loved him on Weekend Update. He's one of the best Weekend Updates ever because he's just like instead of doing like politics, he's like he's just, every joke's like da- Germans love David Hasselhoff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we gotta rein it in. We gotta rein it in. I gotta pull it in here because uh, we got a lot to talk about with Independence Day. We really do, um, and. The film is fucking long. It's two and a half hours. So I mean, you can you can think of the content that we really need to get to here, <laughs> which is actually not a lot, to be honest with you, because the whole film takes place over three days, and and 
maybe maybe I will get into this a little bit more after we talk. We do our you know liquor and beer talk and everything. But the film takes place over three days. Feels like so, a fortnight. So well, but Roland Emmerich, like, what made Roland Emmerich think like we need three build up days? Like we need two days of build up before we even get to the to have the you, actual day, Independence not, Day. Have you not seen a Roland? No, I'm just saying like most people would be no, like, know, but oh, you know, there's an exciting event happening. Let's be that. Day. Let's be on that day. Like let's get to the exciting event. We'll be uh, like suspenseful. It'll be the same day. Roland Emmerich's like, but it's no, 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 no. But no. it's but it's high drama to have. It span over three days, so you see the aliens come and the character relationships. It's like a Shakespearean yeah. play, like in three acts. Like here's day one, nothing really happens. People get really freaked out because there's an alien above them. Day two, people are still really scared. President makes bad decisions. He's got a lot of guys in suits that try to talk to him about it. Day three, then they finally fight the aliens. So, but we'll get into that in a little but, bit. But, but like I said, like his films. Are the, they're literally the equivalent of a, like a Michael Bay film? <laughs> Both directors, like who made their you know their money in the nineties, basically, both make over bloated two plus hour films that have no business being that long. Both make films that are like filled with stereotypical characters, stereotypical archetypes. You know, totally by the books, by the number. Um, there's only one Roland Emmerich film that I will actually admit that I like. Universal Soldier. No. <laughs> no. Um, Patriot. The Patriot. I, that's, yeah, that's still overstuffed. That's... No, it is. I, I totally agree. I can admit with that film, all the flaws within that film, but to, that's, that's literally a guilty pleasure for me. I, I do love The Patriot. And it's, I, I know, like, this, like, I know it's total garbage. Yeah, like you know, the it's movie's total, not really that good. But it, I can, with that, I can at least you know. Uh, and just look. I mean, really, just looking at the um, the films that he's directed alone. Oh wow! Just total that. shit films. I didn't even realize they're doing Independence Day three. It's announced. Are they sure after the box office that the second one is? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's gonna be like ter- Terminator Genesis. Well, like that, they, yeah, they, got, they, got like, a, they got a plan down. Like, well, that, well, that's like James Cameron announcing like five avatars, <laughs> and he still hasn't done. Yeah, but I mean, just looking at the films that Roland Emmerich has done, Universal Soldier, Pretty Panned, <clears throat> not a good film. I did like the second one when I was a kid because it had Bill Goldberg. In yeah, it. I mean, and there's nothing really good about <laughs> Universal Soldier, Stargate. No one likes Stargate. No one likes Stargate. <laughs> the 2000 Godzilla, which pretty much everybody that likes regular like Godzilla films pr- tries to pretend that never happened. I do I do like in the one Japanese one that came out after that and they're like, "Oh, we heard in America there was a Godzilla attack." Like, "No, no, that was just an imposter." <laughs> everybody pretends that that one did not happen. Even though I I will say that I did Really enjoy it when I was like twelve years old. How? I don't know. I just did. I, I remember seeing it with Brandon Brown. We both went to the theater to see it. I don't get. I mean, I, even as a kid, I didn't like. I, I did it enjoy because it. it has fucking Matthew Broderick in it. I know. Matthew Broderick has only been one film that was good, and it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And yeah. even then, he's still an annoying pompous asshole. It's true. Like who? Who would have thought? Like get, as our protagonist in Godzilla, like you know, we need a. Uh, yeah, some pompous asshole, you know, who can 
At least in the remake, they got it right. The, the American remake, they got it right. They got yeah. fucking Brian Cranston and, uh... Yeah. Who's not in it enough, but... That's the topic for another day. That is true. Uh, we got The Day After Tomorrow. Awful. Another terrible <laughs> movie. 10,000 BC. Not a good movie. I did see it. Not a good movie. You don't want to see the Asylum remake, or, well, reimagining of 10,000 BC, which is 100,000 BC. Definitely want to avoid that one as well. 2012. Another apocalyptic everything blows up movie. But we saved the world. Americans saved the world. Uh, also not good. Uh, White House Down. Ridiculously over-politicized Americana film about how great America is and our American heroes. And then we got Independence Day Resurgence, which is partially why we're doing our Independence Day review today, but also because we got July 4th coming up, so it's pretty topical as well. And? And we haven't announced this yet, but July is going to be... Jeff Goldblum month on the Blood and Black Rum podcast. Month of the Goldblum. And and it it seems like that would be a weird choice for Blood and Black Rum podcast because that's it's primarily a horror-related podcast. By the way. But. Here's a fun fact for you. <laughs> yeah. I have the same birthday as him. Oh, very nice. October 22nd. I see that. That is true. You know, a little, got a little older than you, but. Got a little Goldblum in there. Yeah, you do. But. It might seem like it might seem weird that we're we're covering Jeff Goldblum for an entire month, but for one thing, we both love Jeff Goldblum. He's ridiculous. Often, he's a great actor, and also he's been in some horror films that really we will be covering. He's been in The Fly, which is a great film, a great horror film, a great body horror film. One of Cronenberg's best. One of Cronenberg's, yeah, one of Cronenberg's best. Uh, it's. I really like that film a lot, as well as other Cronenberg films like Videodrome, mm-hmm. which is another great one. Um, we could do a James Woods month as well. Oh. Um, Jurassic Park, which is, I wouldn't say it's specifically horror related, but if you're gonna include like Jaws as a horror film, then you have to include Jurassic Park as well. I don't agree with that. It, it is. It's it's a no, thriller. I, I it's think a, I think Jaws. Is, Fits more under the horror genre than Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is goofier. Well, it doesn't really have to do with the comedy aspect. If yeah. You, if you look at it straight, like Jaws is the shark is the horror entity itself. In Jurassic Park, it's more about we have this park, there's dinosaurs, and then shit happens. And yeah. It's not. It's not. It, to me, it's not as scary. And there's not it really any. Yeah. There's, there's not really anything tense in Jurassic Park. That would lead you to being like, oh, wow, like, good. when the lawyer gets eaten on the fucking porta potty, you're not like, oh, that's scary. You're like, oh, asshole lawyer got, yeah. you know. Jaws, though, from the opening is, you know, scary. Yeah. Whereas, whereas in the opening of Jurassic Park, when the guy's getting eaten by the Velociraptor, going back to, like, our friend Brandon Brown, me and him in, like, middle school used to be, like, making fun of the guy going, shoot time! Shoot time! <laughs> Because it's more, you know, it's yeah. not, it's, you, it's don't not take, as, you don't take it as... It's not as serious as Jaws. No. Lost World is is campy, too. More, even, yeah. no, even more campy than yeah. 3 goes right into the deep end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, again, getting back to... Uh, month of Goldblum. The month of Goldblum. We will also be, as you'll see in this review of uh, Independence Day, we'll also be tackling 
uh, what we call the Goldblumian factor, which is a basically a ratio of how much of Jeff Goldblum's persona is present within the film itself. So for like the uh, the rate, what would you put the scale at? Um, what would like to me, like to me top gold bloomian like of him being as gold bloomy as possible? Yeah, would be like Tim and Eric awesome uh, billion dollar movie. Yeah, because that's amplified to. to yeah, I know, I know, I know, and it's in like yeah. Portlandia. Yeah. So and then like what would you say where he's reserved? Though? Like the lowest part of it. I mean, the fly is pretty reserved in terms of like how much of his craziness comes out you know um and there's probably that mullet though that yeah (laughs) i mean there's probably a a lot of stuff that i haven't even really that i didn't even know that he was has been in or i haven't seen because there's a lot of stuff that jeff goldblum is in that you wouldn't really think of like i've seen the sentinel that's one of his first films he's very young in that and he only gets a very small part in that I didn't even realize it, but I was like, when I was watching, I was like, "Is that? Is that? Is that's Jeff Goldblum, isn't it? Because he's so young." I, you know, I now that I think about he's it, he's in Death Wish. Yeah, I yeah. think I remember seeing him in Death Wish, and like just as like a bit part. I, yeah, it is a bit. It looks he only gets a he gets freak number one as his credit, so it's a. It's we a have small to do, by the way, so, a Bronson month and just do the yeah, Death there Wish. There you films. go. There you go. I love the Death Wish films. You, you haven't know. seen a single one, have nope, you? Oh, no. wow, you are missing out on the All right. but amazingness that is Charles Bronson. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta get, gotta get going here because we gotta talk about what we're drinking, and then we gotta get into Independence Day a little bit more because there's a lot to talk about. So let's start. Let's go right into what we're drinking right now. All right. Um, first, I'll start out with what you got me for my birthday. Which is uh, the 1792 small batch uh, Kentucky bourbon, uh, which is uh, in a very nice bottle. It's a very beautiful bottle. It's a big one too. It is a big one. And the 1792, you're saying, is when Kentucky joined the United States. Yeah, and they even have it on the back. Oh, do they? Yeah, they it's listed on the back. Yeah. So it says, yeah, it does say named in the honor of when Kentucky joined the United States in 1792. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, it's got a nice gold top to it with a cork. Nice. Ooh, I know, a nice little squeaker, squeaker pop there. And um, it has a lot of rye notes to it. It's, it's um, a heavy rye mash. And uh, it's got vanilla, peppery. A little fruity. Too. Yeah, a little fruity, but very smooth. And I quite enjoy it. I, I like it a lot. I think it's really good, it's too. It's very good. Um, we're both, as we said before on the podcast, big fans of uh, rye whiskey. And it, does, it does say, like, Kentucky Straight Bourbon on it. So when you drink it and you get that more peppery rye t- taste to it, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, it's a pleasant surprise. It's a pleasant surprise for us. I really enjoy that. Um, definitely. It's good. Definitely a, definitely a solid, and it's, solid buy. And it's not... A, too expensive. Yeah, it's either. not like super expensive. Yeah, it's only uh, like twenty five dollars. That's awesome. So that's so it, a, to get a nice, you know, decent sized bottle. So yeah. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up, and I will just we'll talk about beer really quick because we we got a lot of other stuff to get to. Um, is I bought the summer pack of the Sierra Nevada um, samplers, 
12 pack of it. And um, most of their, their, it's basically an entirely pale ale pack or a pale style pack. Um, it comes with their regular pale ale, which, as you know, Paul Rudd loves. We've talked about it before. So you can't go wrong with that one. And their pale ale is mostly an IPA. I mean, it, it's it's very heavy on the hops, so you're going to get a lot of hops in that. Um, it also comes with a session IPA, which um, is called the 11.5 degree Play-Doh. And it's very good. Um, I would say it has a like different hops in it. Wouldn't you say it's not your traditional IPA? And this, it's it has a, a heavy malt at the end. Yeah, I, I um, but I really like it. I think it, it's a it's a good IPA that has a, a very different taste to it than what you would expect. Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised because for a session IPA from Sierra Nevada, I expect it to be more like a, like a normal IPA because they're pale. Yeah, ale, like they're because they're pale ales, so like, strong, so strong, and same thing with their. Uh, their torpedo IPA yeah. is you know, really strong, so you expect that. But no, it's very drinkable, very sessionable. It's uh, very good. It's um, I don't know if I'd say it's one of my favorite session IPAs. Yeah, but I I do think it's pretty good. I think though. it's it's nice and unique, and I like that about it. Yeah. Um, they've also got a hoppy lager in there, which is basically an IPL. It's an India Pale Lager. Um, very good as well. Um, uh, again. Different from a regular IPA, it does not have the same uh, flavor, and I'm not good with like, I'm I'm not a super taster, honestly. But this has a a nice flavor to it that um, really an IPA does not have, and and sometimes with an IPL, it's tough to decipher like between like an IPA. What's the difference between an IPA and the IPL? But this one, like we 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 kind of that with Yangling. I think I think with an IPL you're supposed to because it's supposed to be more like a lager except hoppy, more hoppy. Yeah, it's supposed to have like a more multi taste to it. So yeah, it, and I think you know if it's done right, you you'll be able to discern like oh yeah, this is kind of like a a lager, but it's been really hoppy. <laughs> if they if they don't do it really well, like like Yingling's IPL, it's kind of more like it does taste like a lager, but it's kind of got hops or like or it does taste like an ipa but not really like a lot you know yeah and it's, then, it's, it's it's a it's a un, unique style that i think you really have to it has to be done so like so well and so finite right that any degree wrong in like a certain direction would totally throw off the balance yeah the other thing that they have, the the third, or the fourth beer, I'm sorry, um, is their... Um, the Nooner. The Nooner, uh, which is a Pilsner style. Still has quite a bit of hops in it, but it's a really good Pilsner. Um, you can definitely tell that this one is a Pilsner, uh, rather than like an ale or a lager in a traditional sense. Um, and I really like the Nooner a lot. Uh, it's very good. It's very easy to drink, especially for a, like summer a summer beer. Um okay. It's been around here, but yeah, that's a that's a very enjoyable beer. So um, that again, I I really like this pack actually. I mean, you can't really go wrong with like Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale and stuff like that. So they always I really do, like yeah, this they pack. always do a good job. With yeah, their, yeah, their beers. I've never really had a Sierra Nevada I haven't liked. I haven't yeah, tried no. I, the one I've ma- always made sure to stay away from, which I'm sure they probably don't even make anymore, is their Keller Weiss. Mm. I know they used to make, but if it's not in their summer pack anymore, because mm. that is a summer style beer, yeah. um, it might not even make it anymore. They might, right? It might not have been a popular seller. 
But yeah, I will, you know, I, I, I like their most of their packs. They do a lot of paleos and stuff, so pretty good. You can't really. They used to do. I mean, I think they probably still do, but you can't find them around here that much because it's not that popular. But they're stout and they're porter, mm. um, which I've had before, which are kind of like unique. You know, unto themselves of your traditional stout and porter. Right. Um, well, yeah, you don't really, like I said, you don't really see those anymore. They're mainly really no, at least around here, from the selection that we get, for they're just, you know, really hoppy style yeah. of beers. Yeah. Um, but I think that's it. That's all I've had, really, for uh, for beer, new beers and stuff. So And I've had nothing new. Yeah, we've had nothing new. So, <laughs> so that's it for our beer talk. But, uh, yes, check out the 1792... Uh, Kentucky bourbon, really good. Definitely Small recommend batch. it. Small batch. Very, very smooth. If you like rye, this is the one for you. So check that out. That's what we've been drinking tonight. Um, but let's get into the meat of things. Let's let's get right into Independence Day. The one thing I wanted to bring up before we even started talking about the film itself and all of its myriad flaws <laughs> is, um, do you remember the Independence Day floppy disks? For uh, the video, the game for your computer. No. For DOS. You don't? I definitely do. Uh, do they have a school? No, no. So, okay. back when I was, what did we say? It came out when we were six or seven. It probably, I probably was like eight years old. I remember going to a garage sale. And they had these floppy disks. And they said ID4 on them. And it had like the Independence Day writing, like the logo on it. So, I was like, Huh. Is this an Independence Day video game? So I grabbed them. They were like a buck or something like that. And I brought them home. And it turns out that those floppy disks, there's like fucking ten floppy disks to install this game. And I remember, I don't even think I ever played the game. Because there was ten floppy disks. And I, can't so, believe, I can't believe you even had a DOS computer. I never had a DOS computer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And my, I, our, my, The first computer I had was... Uh, a compact 98, mm. and I got Windows 98, so there was no... I mean, there was no, a, I, there, there was a floppy drive, but like yeah. the, the games I played as a kid, like Reader Rabbit and yeah. um, Rage, I can't remember what the hell it's called, but it was like a space simulator fighting thing, kind of like Independence Day. Yeah. I can't, I, I've been trying for years to track it down to figure out what it was at fully called and what the game was, but I just remember it was like Rage and something something. Those were all on... CD at that point, so I... Yeah, this game was on, like, ten floppy disks, and, like, you know, you had to keep track of them, too, so, like, you had, if you had, like, one through seven, and you lost eight, it's like, ah, oh, shit, I lost fucking you the can't, you floppy can't, disks. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> yeah. you wouldn't be able to progress. I, I don't even remember if I ever played that game, because it, it was just too much wrestling. <laughs> I'm not gonna bother with this. Ten floppy disks to play this game, but... Yeah, there used to be, it was called, like, ID4, you know, Independence Day, and then the 4, because of July 4th. Um, but I definitely remember picking that up from a garage sale, you know. I, I want to say, like, it, it couldn't have been, like, right when Independence Day came out. It had to have been after that, so maybe, like, I was 8 or 9 at that point. But I do remember buying that. It had to, it had to have come out, though, at the same time, because, like I said, by 98, they yeah, been, the game, games mainly would have been on, like, a CD instead of yeah, on a floppy disk, so that... Well, I mean, I did have my DOS computer for a long time. I know, like, so, I, like I'm saying, though, like, by 98, like, yeah. that, like, yeah, floppy disks uses save things, but, like, to fucking game, no, you wouldn't... Mm. So, oh, no, anyway. it was just a... It was just, I remember... But like, having, like, in, like in 96, though, DOS was still, yeah. you know, because Windows 95 was just starting to 
Yeah. I mean, I remember having it, and I remember it being a total pain in the ass to have to have 10 Which, floppy disks. Well, it's, it's it. funny when you think about it, because it's like when like, we were kids, like growing up, like playing like Tony Hawk on the PlayStation, like the like minute and like 30 second load times, like, yeah. oh, that's so quick. And, like, now it's like at the load times more than five seconds, like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I know. Kids these days, they'll never know the struggle. <laughs> anyway, uh, I just want to bring that. That uh, floppy disk game up real quick, in case anybody remembers it out there, because I'm sure they they do. I looked it up previously before that, and uh, yeah, definitely some people remember that floppy disk game. Well, if you work for uh, the government, you'll still know what the floppy disks are. Yeah, there's the <laughs> missile launch system still run on floppy disk. <laughs> they haven't updated. Which, to be fair, not that not as they said, it's not that terrible of an idea because yeah. it's harder to. Put a virus on those. Yeah. So. so that makes sense. Um, but Independence Day has a lot of outdated tech. I really feel like... Cell phones are called portables. I really feel like Better, they, they hired some guy to like design all of the crappy computer screens and stuff that are in that. Like all the graphics that are but crappy. Like, like, like some... missiles launching on the computer screen and stuff. They're like, can you design like... A graphic for this? this sure, I, can. I mean, I mean it's, it fits within the time. Yeah, it, it does. It, it, I'm it, just it's saying, very... it's, it's really funny to see now and just and just see, like, somebody designed the, that for this. Well, no, for me, like, the funny thing is, like, when you're at the Pentagon, you see, like, a guy sitting behind, like, a window. He's like, General, we need, like, this. And you see on the window, there's, like, Pentagon. Like, the Pentagon's, like... Literally says. And it says, like, the Pentagon. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, somewhere in the Pentagon... In case you forgot where you are. Yeah, you need a, a write, writing on the window that says, eh, yeah, Pentagon, address. I mean, that could be. Yeah. I've never been in the Pentagon. Like, you have No, a secret, like, missile, yeah. you know. But at the same time, it's like, it's... Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure... Counterintuitive. I'm sure they put it there, so like, just in case you're not fucking yeah, paying just, attention. Well, they do that throughout the film. Like, um... With all the flags and stuff that you see, like, just in case you didn't know, like, their accent or something, these guys are British. Those guys are Israeli. We're in Iraq. We're like, oh, like, oh, there's some Zimbabwe tribe. How do you know? Oh, they ran out with spears and, like, and, and fucking, because... They're aboriginals. Because, you know, because, like, that's what Africa's like. They, they, they fucking chuck spears. and it's, That's what I'm saying. Like, it's like a Michael Bay film. It's oh, yeah. Like, totally, like... Totally, like stereotypical. Not understanding, like that you're hitting on every single stereotype of. Well, I mean, in the '90s, you know, it's more appropriate. I mean, I think it, I like, I understand why it's done because it's it's a, it's a dumbed down film. Yeah, it is. Where it's like, so you know, like, hey, you know, like, oh, this is, you know, like, so you know, like at the end, when you see like the, like the people running out and like that they're in Egypt. There's pyramids, and they're wearing, like, moss, like, hey, you know, they're, they're Egyptian. Like, you yeah. know, it's not obviously trying to make them, like, deep no. and, like, recognize. It's totally done, like, as a stereotype. Yeah, I mean. And I understand why it's done, but, I'm, like, at the same time, that's saying it's. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not, not good. <laughs> I mean, starting from the beginning, uh, Independence Day is a, a, a clearly a really dumb film. It's a summer blockbuster film. That's intended for its audience to just kind of sit back, kick back, and like not worry about things for fucking two and a half hours. But at the same time, that's see, that's where like really when it comes to summer block, block 
blockbusters, I find that's detrimental. If you're, if it's to be sit back, kick back, and just enjoy the like, you know, enjoy the ride. Yeah, it should not be two and a half fucking hours right. long. And and I think that's where Roland Emmerich like misunderstands exactly what audiences are looking for because, like we said, Independence Day is broken down into three days. And two of those days are really excessively unnecessary. Like the the you could have crammed them hour in, you of the film. You could have crammed them into like one day. I mean, when you think about Independence Day, how hard is it really to sum up what's happening within the film? Not hard at all. I mean, anybody could give you a one sentence summary on Independence Day. Aliens come and attack. Americans fight back. Americans win. Right, and. The whole first hour, like an hour at least, of the film is just set up for character development, yeah. which is not even that good to begin with, and bare bones, and at the same time, like, you shouldn't even waste time on that kind of crap. Right, like, with this film, because it's a summer blockbuster, they were cramming, like, every single big actor into this film that they could put like, plastered on this on the poster, like, this person is in this film. Yeah. Like, Will Smith, who we talked about really doesn't get that much screen time. Probably, like, top, a half an hour. Top build, and... and Because like, I haven't seen this film in, like, four or five years. I've seen it a bunch of times, but, like, I mainly saw it in my, like, my youth a bunch of times. But mm-hmm. I, last time I probably saw it, like, like, in its entirety, it was, like, four or five years ago. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, stuff, like, stuck out to me. is like, Will Smith's not really in that movie. Though. Yeah, that's one that, that like, came up to me, too, Chris. Like, he's top build, and he's, like, supposed to be your protagonist. He's not the protagonist, though. Yeah. If anything, it's either Bill Pullman or yeah. Jeff Goldblum. Or Jeff Go- yeah, Jeff Goldblum, considerably. I would say, I would say more Jeff Goldblum, yeah. but, like... It's one of those, if you had to pick, it'd be one of those two. Yeah. It wouldn't be Will Smith. Like, because that stuck out to me, too, because, like I said before, I haven't really seen Independence Day in its entirety in, like, years. Um, so, the ones, the scenes that really, that I could remember are, like, Will Smith going outside and seeing the big alien ship there, and then Will Smith, like, flying the plane. And be like, welcome to yeah, Earth, yeah, and, and, you know, Or punching the alien yeah. in the face. Movie trailer quote yeah, shit. Yeah, th- that stuff. And so when you think back on it, and you're like, oh, it looks like Will Smith's in a lot. Like, he's like the whole whole movie. And then when you actually watch the movie, it's like, he's barely in it. He, he's not in it for the first half hour. He doesn't show up because, like, for him, like, they, they got to show, like, black people not working, for the most part, within the first part of the film. Like, New York City's all black people driving cabs and black people playing basketball and white dudes in suits. But, uh, no, like, you know, Will Smith and his wife are, like, sleeping in and not not having to worry about going to work because, you know, black people don't work that hard. Well, he was... It, <laughs> he is in the military. I know, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing. But, it, seriously, but no, but no, though, no, that you, is the... You, no, you are right, because when, like, they show, like, the ship coming over, you know, the alien ship coming over New York City, the first thing they show in New York City is... You got black kids playing basketball, and then, you, like... You so got they, a black ca- taxi driver. And then you show some homeless, you know... Some homeless, homeless black guy. And then you show a white guy in, like, a suit. Like, oh, like, yep. like, oh, they're playing basketball, and this one's, like, he's on his lunch break from his, you know... Yeah, and then you got a black guy with a, a boombox, too. So, like, you know, they're just hitting, like, every single 
stereotype of like black people in New York that they can they can actually do. So, but Armageddon, like I said, Armageddon is like the same. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's. I mean, I'm not saying that like for the, you know, looking back on it, there wasn't all. I'm not saying that it's it was right for the time either. But I'm just saying like that that is what they did in the '90s. Like that that is like you you watch a lot of films like that 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 didn't really care too much about characterization, and that's what they did. They threw in a bunch of stereotypes and as extras. Well, because what do you that, think? Well, it's like when people think, like, New York City, it's like, you're not like... Yeah. Pe- when, like, people, like, like process and think, like, oh, when you go to New York City, it's like, it's not like I'm gonna go into, like, a cab and it's, like, a white guy named Ted from the fucking mountains driving the cab. It's yeah. like, oh, you know. Yeah. But anyway, um, with Will Smith... Like, yeah, he's not in it for, like, that first half of the film. Or the first, like, 30 minutes of the film. Then he's in it for a little bit. He's, like, flying a plane. And then he's out of it. And then, you know, you got Jeff Goldblum and Bill Pullman taking over. For the majority of the film. And then, finally, he comes back in that last part of the film to, like, save the day. But really, what does it amount to? Like, 30, 45 minutes of Will Smith, where out of two and a half hours of film... He's really not that in it. He's not in it that much. They're more focused on Boomer the dog. That's right. But the whole thing with, like, Roland Emmerich's production, and, um, like I said before, um, Dean Devlin is is a co-writer on it with, with Roland Emmerich, and he was also a producer. I kind of question, like, who gave them this money? To like, like over a hundred million dollars, waste like two and a half hours on like bad. Well, I mean, for the time, maybe not super bad, but like bad special effects. Oh, I, I, it still was bad. I, I say, they were still I, bad. I, I, say, I, 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 say, I disagree because I mean, I know like Jurassic because like you look back like four years before that, you have Jurassic Park, which I granted it's a Spielberg film, and Steve's not gonna fuck around, he's gonna make sure his shit looks, you know. That ILM and all of them get that shit perfect. Right. But at the same time, it's been four years since fucking Jurassic Park, and yeah. you watch, like, the explosions and the green screen effects yeah. in half this and film. It, it's blocky. It's chunky. Like, some of those green screen effects are chunky. Like, Boomer the dog jumping at... <laughs> <laughs> Boomer the dog. No, you know, it's not, it's not enough to just show him in peril, but he's got to jump to safety. He's fucking lassie. But out, of, like, yeah. out of the danger of a... A blast from the alien ship, and and there's no blowback or anything. He just makes no. it to safety in this. Explode, sort of, explosions only go they down only go straight, straight down corridors. There's no like, you know, yeah, they don't spread out as they go along, and and a concrete tunnel is protection enough for that. You know, yeah. you don't have to worry about. It. But but I mean, yeah. So who would spend like their money? On this production, they must have been very confident that they they well, would make a shit ton of money off well, of it. Well, you know, the, one of the producers was the writer, so obviously he was like what, all what, gung so, ho. Well, what studio made it? He was super gung ho. I know, but I, I on mean, like what studio made it? Like that might answer your question, though. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he was like they were gung ho on making sure that they were gonna get their bang for their buck because um they tw- 20th century fox produced it oh, fox. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, that makes sense yeah it makes sense i mean but like th- i just can't imagine because when you think about 
what happens in Independence Day. There's a lot of explosions and special effects in there. But it's all done for, like, no reason. There's nothing here that even is remotely interesting for most of the film where there's are explosions. Like, they waste away in that first moment, in, that, in those first few scenes, where Randy Quaid comes in, flying a crop duster over a small town. Probably, like, probably quarter of the budget right there. Yeah, <laughs> to fly a crop duster for no reason other than to show that He's a, he flies, he used to be in Vietnam, and he's a drunk. He's a, yeah, he's a lovely, but you love him for that. That's right, yeah, like he's a, he's a lovable, quirky character, even though he's <laughs> basically doing an FWI, a flying while intoxicated. <laughs> you know, you, still, you gotta love him. He's like, this, that's like the same thing as like, you know, that's the opposite of Christmas Vacation, because in Christmas Vacation, you're supposed to see him as like the total idiot. That also doesn't do the right thing all the time because as well as we see when we did our review of Vegas Vacation, you know the fuck, you know fucking like hey, yeah yeah, Clark get your money by doing this, you know, and, and like that's the parody of it. It's like yeah, we know those types of people in Independence Day. It, they kind of reward him. He gets the final thing because he gets the he gets to be the hero because he gets to fly off into the sunset and blow himself up suicide bomber style into the you know the final mothership that doesn't really make sense either but you know because because one explosion within the 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 guts as, of the mothership well, blows up the entire Well because the laser is about to fire but his missiles are armed so he crashes the explosion there yeah. and it, Apparently, only propels upward and not downward because you don't see any backfire down. No. So it's just, just yeah, it's, yeah. no, no, it doesn't make sense. But I mean, and like, to be in, in, like, in yes, Randy Quaid in this film plays a Randy Quaid character. You know that, like you said, the yeah, he plays he, himself. You're supposed to be a, like, like, oh, he's the lovable drug. Yeah, he's, he's not guy. though. He's no. not. No, he's, he's been a terrible father or stepfather, which he really yeah. is. He doesn't care that his. Sick son, which we're only given a little very, bit, very little exposition of like this guy. This so kid's he, sick. He's got a sickness. He takes a a liquid drink to a liquid bag rid, that they just get rid of his his sickness. But they do say something about adrenal cortex disorder, which is very vague and and I don't, just I think they just pick something like that. So it's like oh like oh it's, that sounds sophisticated. So like yeah, it's a problem with like and and it's you know I don't the whole thing is just. Smacks of like Roland Emmerich being like, what? So I could see someone asking like, "Well, we gotta, you know, we gotta say what he has." And he's like, "No, I don't. No, it's not. A, you know, it doesn't matter. He's just no one's sick. Pay, you know, no he's just sick. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we can just have a kid that's sick, and yeah. the kid—that's all the kid's there for is right. to be a sick kid. To be sick. Yeah. And so like he doesn't even take care of that sick kid. So. Like where is the where is the charm for this Randy Quaid character? We were supposed to feel bad for him because when the locals come in and make fun of him, like, oh, you said you were gonna dub take. You got sick. You got penetrated by the probes. You got sexually abused, and you know you're like, that's funny. You're supposed to be like, oh, oh, he got made fun of. He got made fun of, but he he was right the entire time. He's a good guy because the aliens are coming. They really did abduct him, but. If it sounds like we're scatterbrained on on Independence Day, that's because the film is. 
It's like jumping. the film jumps all over the place. And that first and, uh, 45 and, um, minutes, and there are so many different say, characters in different locations, well, say, and different unnes- typewrited settings. And, uh, an unnecessary ensemble cast. Oh, yeah. Because you got Vivica Fox. Vivica Fox, who's Will Smith's girlfriend. Slash stripper. Yeah, she's, you know. You got Goldblum, his dad. You got Will Smith. You got Bill Pullman. Fucking Goldblum's ex-wife. Yep. You got the first lady. The first lady. Who's been stranded somewhere and then ends up dying for no reason. For no reason. Ends up dying for no reason. She's saved. Looks fine. A piece of cardboard (laughs) hit her. A piece of cardboard sitting on top of her. Let's get this off of her. She looks fine. And then she gets back to base, and they're like, she doesn't look so good. And then she ends up dying, and Bill Pullman's like, eh, I'll find another one. You know, I'll find another first lady, it doesn't matter. But, like, the whole thing, yeah, like that. What is the point of having her in it? What is the point of having Vivica Fox go Mad Max style throughout the wasteland that is, like... (laughs) And then, isn't... Help me get through this. Where... In the beginning, where is Will Smith and Vivica Fox located? L.A. Don't they get to... Where is the wife... Where is First Lady located? L.A. She is in L.A. Yeah, she was in L.A. Okay, I want to make yeah, sure. No, she was in L.A. like doing like press conference. Doing like press conference. Yeah. All right, I want to make sure because... Uh, then I th- started thinking about it. I was like, wait, was she in D.C.? Because that doesn't make... The timeline no. doesn't make sense at all if that's the case. So I want to make sure that was correct. But... Yeah, so there's no point to having the first lady or even Vivica Fox in this because they don't they don't do anything. Neither is Jeff Goldblum's wife really important in this. That that's like going for the pathos from the audience. Like, oh, they've got wives. They've well, got to save the world. Well, no, no, not only that, but it's it's the stereotypical because for him, it's his ex-wife. And it's like, oh, but like, you got to reconcile. But but like like he still like can't get over. Loves her. He can't get over it. But like, and she, she, but she's, she has. But at the same time, she has it because she's like, you know, she's like, oh, I, you know, I have always, I always did love you. But that's just not how enough. Many, how many of Roland Emmerich's films do you think like use that in some way? Everyone, probably everyone, every fucking <laughs> one. Like, let's throw an like unrequited love interest in here. This is gonna be great. Like. Th- well, actually, no, the emotional yeah, right uh, Actually, no, the Patriot doesn't. Do, it doesn't, right? No, all right, the Patriot doesn't. Okay. Because that may be his best film. Mel, Mel Gibson's wife's dead, and, uh... But they and, make and that, that known, though, right? That he's his wife's dead. It's his wife's dead, and, and, um... Heath Ledger and his... Well, he ends up married. They both end up dying, anyway. So who gives a shit? Yeah. So, um... But, yeah, so those characters add nothing to Independence Day, and really, they're weighing this film way down. They're adding, like, 30 minutes to a film that's already overstuffed with stuff that we don't need to see. There's just so much stuff that doesn't do anything. Like, it would be different if, like, you you watch a film, and, and all of those pieces come together, and you're like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, I did need to see, like... Will Smith waking up with his wife well, no, and son. Well, no, but like you're right because there's just like not even like main casted characters, but just like random characters like Vivica Fox's stripper friend, and she's like, "Don't go like out yeah. there." Like, I have a bad feeling about it. Sure. Oh, I promise, and you get it. See, watch her va- get vaporized because yeah. like she didn't listen to her. Like, there's no need for that. Or 
or uh, Jeff Goldblum's boss, who's like, "Oh my god, I gotta call my mother." I gotta call, <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta call my. I gotta call my lawyer. Otherwise, oh, yeah. Oh, oh no, I don't have to call my lawyer. You know, stereotypical gay man. Otherwise and, known as you know, Mrs. Doubtfire's brother. All I think of is yeah. matchmaker, matchmaker, find me a match. I mean, yeah, just that sort of thing is like you can see that. I don't even understand it. It's just like Roland Emmerich is like stuffing stuff in there because we we found out like you looked it up after Independence Day was finished two weeks before it released on what was it July second that yeah. it released and it was finished in like the end of June. So I can just see like producers be, go, going up to Roland Emmerich and being like, Roland, we we have to finish this film. Like it's imperative that we <laughs> release this. For July 4th weekend. I mean, the fucking name is Independence Day. And Roland Emmerich's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, right now, we, the cut's five hours. And you're like, <laughs> Roland, cut some shit out. <laughs> this thing's already fucking long. He's like, I, I don't know what to cut out. I don't know what to cut out. So then you get the remnants of it that's just sitting in there. Like, those those scenes that don't come up into anything. Like, And I think that's even giving them the benefit of the doubt that they had something in mind for these characters, like Vivica Fox's character. What was in mind for her to, to have to do in this film? Like To meet, to meet the president. Yeah. Uh, like, but just... I can totally see Roland Emmerich, like, working on, like, a five-hour cut of Independence Day, just, like, and they're, they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> like, we're, we're on a deadline here. Like, you, you have two weeks. You're like, Look, give me to J- June 28th at least. You know, give me... You know, I'll get, I'll cut this down to a manageable size, and they, they got the cut, and it's like two and a half hours long. I'm like, what are we supposed to do with this? I'm like, just run it, just, just run it, just run it. It's July first. It's got to come out. <laughs> it's just like I can totally see it. Like, no studio ever gets gets a film in in like is like all right. Two weeks later, we're well, at least to this. at least today, no. No, there I mean, is I, no like, like, like I, I, I can say back in the sixties, because mm-hmm. like, like with music, and it wasn't really planned that like you know. really, like with music, like especially like music, because like Dylan would record like an album two weeks within like a month, shit's released. Yeah, makes sense. Now today everything's so pre-packaged, pre-planned, and like oh, yeah, so it's totally planned. It's like so you're, so you're thought gonna... out. It's not they would never today release unless you're New Line Cinema. Yeah, <laughs> like they because you you have like all right, here's your start production date. Like, here's your end production date. If it's not done by then, it's not done by... Like, just you're just going with it. So you better be done by then. Like, for this, like, two weeks later, that's unthinkable. I just don't understand... Like, I'd like to see, like, any other examples of a film that was released, like, two weeks after it finished wrapping. Because I just don't see it. Well, I don't don't mean... I don't think... I think they had probably everything filmed by then. They just... Yeah. But even still, that that is ridiculous. Like, 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 okay, like... You got send the can. It's already you got it all cut and edited. Like the fuck. All right, we, yeah. You know this is our shopping. It's going out because then they have to leave room for like doing you know the first screenings to make sure that it is you know like audiences are actually going for it and stuff like that. So I just don't. That just doesn't happen. So that that is surprising. Like in two weeks they were just because like I said, I mean. It would fucking be stupid if they if they didn't finish and they were like June July fifteenth they're like all right let's re- let's release Independence Day it's like <laughs> July fourth pass <laughs> they'll have to wait a whole another year I know <laughs> like people are done with that's like releasing a Christmas movie and like and you know when you 
you're getting it basically like you're finishing it in November and you're releasing it in January. That's like re- releasing a Christmas movie well, in January. Do, well, they do that for like Halloween films. Middle, Sometimes middle, middle of August they but start. But it's a little different because that's an entire genre. It, it's different if, like, it would be, again, it would, like, let's take Halloween for an example. It would be stupid if they were to release a Halloween film in November or December. It just doesn't make, like, there's no way they would do that. It just doesn't, doesn't make sense. If it's themed around a specific date, you're not going to release it after that date because you're just, I mean, and yeah, I think they have done that at certain times and they found out that that fucking does not do well at all. Like, hey, it's, hey, it's uh, Easter. Let's go see Halloween. Yeah, right. Exactly. It just doesn't, do, you know, they, they're all times now and there's no way that they're, they would ever pick to release it after. So, I mean, props to them. They actually got it done for July 4th because... No, otherwise, that would have just been a shit show. But audiences fucking flocked to this film. They flocked to it. What was it? A seven hundred? It was seventy-five million dollar budget, and opening weekend it made fifty million dollars. Made over eight hundred seventy-one million uh, worldwide. Set for a while, it was the second highest grossing film behind uh, Jurassic Park. Unbelievable. I know. In retrospect, you think about it, it's like, how? how? Like, who Who can't? All right, so but let's just think about Well, when you think about it, when you're saying, who who went to see this film? We did. We, we did. We went to see We did then, yeah. So it, So you're saying that it just, they tricked a bunch of, like, eight-year-olds into thinking <laughs> And their parents, yeah. It's like, Will Smith, I've seen him in Fresh Prince. I love him. I, <laughs> I wish they had Carlton in it. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. Now he's doing uh, um, Unwrap 2.0. Reminds me of Kevin Hotel. Could be, but, uh, could be a LeVar Burton and Roots now. Yeah. Again. Yeah. But I, I mean, like, let's just break this down for like a, a nor- like a casual viewer who went to see Independence Day. And they got out of the film. How, how many people... How many... T- how many how many people do you think ran to their co-workers or family and were like, I just saw Independence Day. And you've got to see it. I'm sure. Like, 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 you've got to like, see like, it. Like, I'm sure a lot of them, because the film, <laughs> the, like I told you, the film's so culturally significant. I know, I know. And like I said, Star Fox 64 is a level that's blatantly, the entire premise is based off of fighting a mothership like that in the way that the end battle of this is. Like, like, Shigeru, like Shigeru Miyamoto saw Independence Day. Yeah. We gotta put that in Star Fox. It's gotta be a video game. Well, so, not, not like the entire game, but yeah. like, we're but fucking making of, the, we're making the new it. Star Fox to the 64. We gotta fucking put that in the game. Which, to be fair, it's not a, wasn't a bad idea because that's a great level in the sixty in, on the sixty four Star Fox. Which did you ever play the sixty four Star Fox? Yes. Okay, so then you so you know, and that's when you meet Bill and yep. you know, but but yeah, like that's like that's like the impact that it had. Like that yeah. fucking Miyamoto's like put that in Star Fox. I mean, how do you think people would take it if like I went into work tomorrow and I was just like, guys, I saw a really amazing movie last night, and they're like. What did you see? Independence Day. And you're like, what, what do you think they would say? Like, what? <laughs> just like, and un, like, just not believing what you're saying. At well, that I, point. I, I think I, like the mystique uh, is worn off. It's now. been like it's been like so many times that you've seen it on FX. Just like 
playing for independent for like July Fourth weekend. That it's like I can't imagine anybody like sitting there being like, I love Independence Day. Like I could watch this all the time. <laughs> like because we honestly had a very difficult time getting through Independence Day. It's like Let's, I said, the runtime kills it. And I, we've said this Ab- before because we watched long movies before, like Batman v Superman, Captain America, but. I can hey, watch a long movie. And no, no, and to me, run run time like I don't care if a movie's long. Yeah. It has to be done well though. Right. So The Godfather, like three hours long, is enjoyable because it's well done, it's well paced, it's well acted, it's well nuanced. Batman v Superman, almost three hours long. It is not well paced. No. It is not well done. It is not well acted. It is not well nuanced. It is going to feel like a slog. Yeah. That is this, the same thing with this film. This is a two and a half hour film. And you literally, like, I was having, like, <coughs> like, like editor moments when I'm watching this film. I was like, cut this shit. Yeah, you cut, cut you this. Can, you can cut this shit. You can cut that shit. You can. And again, like, again, like, a long film, that, like, doesn't bother me. I could watch Kill Bill 1 and 2 back to back as, like, if, like, as Tarantino wanted. Because he edits. And actually, I would prefer to do it that way because yeah. because if you don't, then and then like you watch Kill Bill one first, and then you you follow and then like two days later you watch Kill Bill Volume two. You're gonna be disappointed with Volume two. Yeah, you're gonna be. Because but if you take it as one film, you're not gonna be so disappointed. With yeah, and it would fit, and, I, and I understand why they like why this like you know they were they decided to do it like because, that because yeah. they you know even though Tarantino wanted one film they're probably like, no one's gonna sit and watch a five and a half six hour fucking film yeah right? you know totally understand it and I get it <coughs> but I could watch that in like one sitting because like the way it's like Tarantino knows what he's doing it's yeah. you know well paced and you know well thought out and stuff this is not I don't need the first hour dedicated to random general number one giving you, you know, like... <laughs> Guy in suit that doesn't get you know, a name. Yeah, that's getting, you know, telling you acronyms of shit that's happening. And then, like, Bill Pullman's been like, my cat. And then, he go, <laughs> and then he'll go into Goldblum and being... Various characters say, God help us all in different know, ways. I know, and just... <laughs> just like, Over. nothing nothing happened that first hour. Nothing substantial happens. It's all supposed to, like... Because it's an ensemble cast, you know, they don't say it. It's supposed to be like, you're all like, oh, Jeff Goldblum, he's, he's the quirky Jew character who, you know, who is smarter than what he looks like, and people just don't believe him. And Will Smith's your military fighter hero, and Bill Pullman's your leader, and you got Goldblum's dad, who's, you know, the, your stereotypical Jew. Like, like, and it's just... They're like, like, oh, trying to develop them. It's like you feel invested in the characters. You don't, though. No. If Jeff Goldblum wasn't playing that character, wouldn't give a damn. If Will Smith wasn't playing his character, wouldn't give a damn. It's but you got those two big names, so it's like I, I, I love Goldblum. So yeah. it's like I would like it. If it's like Jeff Daniels playing that character, I would love it. I'd be like, oh, it's, you know, fucking Jeff Daniels. Yeah. But. Like like I said, it's like the first hour plus is dedicated to like character development. That is not needed. You get random characters thrown in there like Will Smith's buddy Jimmy. Jimmy. Low rent the lowest of low rent goose from Top Gun. And he's kind, like, kind of gay, and they're kind of making fun of it. And not only that, he's like Will Smith's like like I got like a ring 
So he can propose to Vivica Fox. He's like, oh. Horrible ring. And he's horribly <laughs> gaudy ring. No woman wants to wear that. Oh. Two dolphins jumping around uh, diamond. It's the 90s. Nope. No one <laughs> no, wants no, to no, wear okay. that. Okay. But no, but like, so you like got like that, like, that whole scene where like, because we met Vivica Fox and like, that's <clears throat> yeah, his girlfriend and they seem like they're bonding. But out of nowhere, he's like, oh, I thought you were going to break it off. I didn't know you were going to do that. You know, I got a thing for her, right? But you don't ever see those two interact, so it's like, and like, if I was like Will Smith, I'd like punch him. I'd be like, what the fuck are you like, you know? I don't even think Vivica Fox and Jimmy were on the same soundstage. They've no, <laughs> they ne- those two actors never but even it, crossed it, paths. It, like, it, 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 <laughs> no, and then after that, he, like he died. But, yeah. it's, but like, I, what I'm saying though is like, like it's like out of the blue. Like he's like, no, I got a thing for her, and it's like. If I if I was Will Smith, like, and then he just got told from his friend, like, oh, he got turned down from NASA too for being an astronaut, which was his life his life dream. You know, if I was like Will Smith, and then he's just, and he's like, oh, you know, I think for her. he's like, instead of being like, fuck you, and you kick your ass, he's like, well, you know, I changed, you know, changed my mind. Changed my mind. I'm still gonna marry her. Yeah. So, like, how would you feel if I was like, like, you know, just, like, like, I'm willing like, to fuck Sarah, but yeah. uh, I guess I won't. Cause yeah. 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 Fuck, fucking stupid. That, like... It was just, like, little, like, character... I honestly, like, after that happened, I forgot about Jimmy. I totally forgot, because there's so much time that passes in between that. Like, I don't know. But I could totally see Independence Day being a movie miniseries, like a TV miniseries on TV. Because there's just that... Well, it worked better. Right, there's that sort of broken up sequencing of like day one, day two, day three, and and how it develops certain times, right. certain car- yeah, no, I it's I agree. it's like it's basically like the TV miniseries of like it or the stand, something like that, where you have those broken up moments split into like two two or three uh, two hour blocks to to make it a six-hour miniseries or something like that. Like, I think it would have worked better, honestly. And it, it would have been a more... Well, I mean, they made fucking bank on this, so you can't really tell them that they did things wrong because they, they made money on it. But um, Which makes it all the more puzzling why they'd wait 20 fucking years to make a sequel. Which I don't think... I think is bombing. Well, no, it is bombing, but like at the same bombing. time, it made eight times its money... And on it, so why the hell like weren't they like two years there? We're like, we gotta do another fucking movie. We gotta do another Independence Day movie. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. What's I strike I, while the iron's hot? Like that. Like I agree. Like I don't. I don't like when films like twenty years plus after the fact. Like, oh, we're gonna come out on the sequel. It's like, why? Yeah. Why? You, like, there's you. You totally missed the boat. You totally missed the chance. Yeah, it's it's over. I I can't believe they got so many people back. To play their parts, honestly. Like, was Jeff Goldblum really itching to play the same part from 20 years ago? Really? He didn't even need the money. Well, he doesn't. No, well, I, I mean, mean, maybe he does. He doesn't. He had to do apartments.com at ads. <laughs> no, he's doing I don't know. I mean, I just don't really see that he's, like, itching for that, to, to, to get that role back. Or, like, Brent Spiner. Which you talked about previously, who's who comes back for Independence Day Resurgence, even though in Independence Day it looks 
very much like clearly he, he's, he's dead. dead. Yeah. <laughs> he he's basically being used as an a human vocal cord for the aliens. So, which how I, I does do, he come back? Which I do love Brent Spiner because I'm, I'm I am a Star as you know Star Trek Next Gen fan, and you know even looking at like the. The credits here, like, Vivica Fox comes back. You were asking what she's doing. She's doing Independence <laughs> Day Resurgence. That's what she's doing. So, I mean, I guess I get that. I get that part of it. But, but yeah, I mean, just, like, I don't know. I just don't see it. I just don't see... But, and you said you, you're really not even interested in checking out Resurgence at all. I have no. I have none have at no, all. I mean, I think we owe it to the podcast to check it out. I, I think we owe... Roland Emmerich, nothing. <laughs> you don't want to give him eight bucks for this? Nine? No. Because no, no. <laughs> I pay with a card? No. That's true. No, you know what we haven't touched on yet, though? The gold blooming factor. <laughs> Very crucial. Very crucial part of Goldblum this one. month. Mm. So what did you think about Jeff Goldblum? He is not that gold blooming. Not really. Like for, at the at the end, he is. Like, he's more Jewish than anything. Well, he is a Jew. No, but I mean, like in this film, it, this was like Roland Emmerich saying, at least, at least, "Be Jewish in this film." Well, like, can, least, you, can you please at be least, Jewish? At least I'm, I'm stereotyp- I'm being stereotypical. I think he is Jewish. I don't know if he is or not. I'm assuming. Yeah, I mean, I, but but no, you're right. But I mean, I think at, I think at the end, he does get gold bloom. Very gold bloomy, and it's like, okay, take, take your stereotypical Woody Allen and amp it up a bit, you know, with a little bit more nervousness, right? You know, like yeah, yeah. he is Jew. So, oh, he's gonna. <laughs> I went to Jewornotajew dot com. Um, but anyway, so, but yeah, this is like Roland Emmerich saying, like Jeff Goldblum, please be Jewish, like do whatever you can to just be Jewish in this film. I'm even gonna have your father in this film. Wear a yarmulke and pray. Well, you don't even need, you don't even need that though, because like, like I said, it's so stereotypical. It's not you can tell like his like his dad's your stereotypical Jew. He's like, why are you doing that? Like, you know, well, what, yeah, 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 you know, all these schmucks and shmealies, you know, shmealies, <laughs> you know. And it's like, oh, you're not gonna you're not gonna sit there like, oh, he's a Muslim, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> you, you're gonna be like. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a Jew. He likes to go down to the Carnegie Deli and get himself yeah, a nice yeah. pastrami sandwich. Pas- pas- the pastrami, which I definitely go for a pastrami sandwich. <laughs> so, but I mean, yeah. The, I, so he's very—he's not very Goldblumian in this film. Well, like I said, at the end, in our in like our opening. Oh yes, yeah, yes. Like, yeah, like at the end, they kind of like as I, he's like. I don't think he got direct that way. I think he's just you know. Yeah, he was just being Goldblumian. Just being his go bloomy himself in that point, you know, because he kind of got the chance to open. I feel like in the in the beginning parts of the film, he was directed to be more reserved. Like you're going to be the but more at, reserved, like but nerdy at the, guy. But at the same time, it's he does he does have like go bloomy moments. But at the same time, like, like the shit he says, and it's not his fault, not his fault at all. It's the writing, the directing is so like stereotypical, so hashed. Like when he finds out, like the, the the aliens are using our satellites to like for a countdown signal, and when the time's up, he's like, "Time's up." <laughs> yeah. yeah, like like so. There's always those like, yeah, like, like catchphrases. Yeah, like, that, time's up. Like, yeah. like you can like you need to see the film, you know, like when that hat, which he's not, he's gonna go, "Time's up." Yeah, what? 
You could you, say you somebody, expect you expect him to take his glasses off like he's Horatio yeah. Kane from CSI <laughs> Miami, and like after he says it, he's like yeah, <laughs> like you know, yeah. and see and see the freaking fan boat. I'm like. Because that's, that's everything, like, with a Roland Emmerich film. Like, if you think about, like, 2012, and you think about, like, what would what would happen in 2012 when with the world ending? You can definitely see them uttering a catchphrase like, It's the end of the world as I know it. The end of the world is coming. And just, like, ripping off glass. Or something then, like that. And I feel fine. You don't even need <laughs> to see the film to, like, figure out the puns that are going to be in it. Yeah, like I said, same I, thing I, with Independence Day. Yeah, I, I, Armageddon too. Well, that's Michael Bay, but yeah, right. I'm gonna, but I'm saying like Armageddon too. That's yeah. a, that's another film where you don't need to see the film at all to know like exactly what's gonna happen. Exactly, there's a love story in that. There are people that sacrifice themselves. <laughs> you know, you don't need to see the. There's film. a Russian cosmonaut. It's been over like fifteen years since I've seen that film. I still know what happens in it. Because you don't need to know anything else about it. That's it. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Such a stupid idea. It is. When, so, you, when, you, when you think about Armageddon, it's such a stupid idea. There's a meteorite coming. Well, we don't really know what to do. Put an oil drilling team on there. And they'll be able to dig the way to the center and put a nuke in it. <laughs> Save the world. That's the best idea of the U.S. Like, NASA yeah. and... The, the, you that's, it, that's all they had. The... the Top scientists weren't, weren't trying to figure out, like, with physics, how they could, you know, knock it off course or something. They were like, put it to the center of it, because... Put, and, <laughs> and then put a nuke in there, and if you get it at a certain point, it'll blow up a certain way, so it'll split, and, you know... The meteor that can cause the end of the world, because it's so large, and we're going to drill to the to the center of it. Yeah. Great idea. Fucking Bruce. Great idea. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, what would you so what would you say? Gold Bloomian. On a scale of like top gold Bloomian is like him in a Wes Anderson movie like Grand Budapest Hotel <laughs> or Portlandia. Um or the low gold Bloomian scale, like where he's on he's in like the fly or really reserved. So like on a one like a one to ten that being the scale, I'd probably say a four. Like a yeah, like a yeah, like a four or five. I mean, because he does have his moments, especially in the in the parts that we, we picked out for the intro, uh, where he kind of has his like stuttering fits. Like oops, 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 yeah, oops, yeah, oops. Yeah, oops. Or like when he's like trying to explain, like, it's like chess and things, you know, yeah. trying to say yeah. like thousands and things and yeah. yeah. I think as it goes along, he gets exponentially more Goldblumian, which is where we have mm. that curve of like four to five. Because I would say like in the beginning part of uh, Independence Day, he's more like a two, you know, that's the way he's directed to be like a two on the scale of like Goldblumian, like very reserved, but then exponentially. Up to a four. It's very scientific here at Blood and Black Run Podcast, where we have flow charts and graphs on how Goldblumian Jeff Goldblum is at scale. So, all I, for some reason, all I'm thinking of now is him in like Life Aquatic. He's like, "Son of a bitch! They raided my my station. You there? Yes. Get me my elephant gun. <laughs> I'm gonna hunt those bastards." You know, the other thing that we didn't talk about that I did want to talk about is 
how every other country besides America is like sitting around just waiting for well, America no, to and, figure uh, yeah. out what the fuck to do with. Well, the that's where I. That's well, that's why I said like it, it's fucking weird because at the one point when they figure like they find out like hey we got something we can might take them down with you see an Iraqi come up to like an Israeli which they're not even border countries as they pointed out to you an Iraqi pull up to an Israeli but the guy speaking is a white British guy. So is he British? Is he supposed to be Israeli? Like, you know, he's... Yeah, I don't there's, understand. There's no, there's no rhyme or And I don't know. Like, is he supposed to be a British guy in the Iraq with the Israeli somewhere on the Iraqi border in the Persian Gulf for no reason? Or, I feel like or is, he, is like the Israeli army in the Iraq for no reason? And not only that, they're like, after they're like, oh, we got a message. More old school, like Morris Code. What to say? It's the Americans. About bloody time, they said they got a plan. And it's like... Well, were they sitting there like, like yeah, they're just waiting, what, like, oh, we're gonna throw tea and biscuits at it, like, or the rush, like the Russians, or is this film when the they Soviet show, Union. yeah, they show a news highlight and they say the Soviet Union on there, <laughs> and, it's, and it's like, what were the Soviets doing, throwing fucking potatoes and like, uh, like you know, Vodka. Anna, like, hey, you bought us, huh? We've got to wait for Americans to come up with a fucking plan, hey? Yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah, like the whole thing centers around. The Americans, after they figure out that they can send a virus to the, and they the only, ships... they only take one down. Like, yeah, we're going to show them sons... We're going to take all those sons of bitches down. It's like, for all you know, this was like a fluke. The aliens could figure it out and, like, you know, totally fuck you. Yeah. And it's just like, nope, nope, we got... Got them all. We got them all. But they, <laughs> then, they, then they tap out their Morse code to the rest of the world. Because the rest of the world is waiting there. For the American... Like, yeah. Like, like God... God help us! I hope the Americans come through for us because we we have no no men on the ground. We got no scientists. We have no idea what we have. Happening. No, we have no idea. What we to do. do. We have no idea. Like Americans are, you know, they're top of the line. I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. Like China was sitting there. Like, oh, I yeah, can't, I, can't. I don't know what's happening right now. Yeah, that's that's a hilarious. And then, thing. But, then, but then you get Pullman's moving speech. Yeah, this is. Because the movie happened, the, the fight in Winton does happen on the 4th of July, and it's not not just America's holiday. Today is mankind's holiday. It's yeah. the world's Independence Day. Because all of the world celebrated their independence from Britain. <laughs> well, no, because he's saying that because they're they're going to be independent. Yeah, I know. But they're not even enslaved by them, so technically no. that's not... There's no independence from them. They're You're, still an independent colony. Basically, if you if you think about America and the mothership, which always changes distance from like how far it is from the Earth, like is it like in the actual stratosphere or is it like in space? Sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's in the stratosphere. Sometimes it's in space. Like there's never any range to it. But anyway, they're not. They're never like colonized by the by the aliens. So there's no. Independence from them—they're still free. You just—you just—they're just fighting. Get it's still war. It's you, like you just won to live. Yeah, you didn't win your independence. You won the right to live. Yeah, it's like it's like stopping an invasion. It's not an independent. You're not enslaved yet. So, I don't know. but it was moving. Oh, moving speech by you know definitely. I I know I would get in a fighter pilot, which. I'm and hoping would be assigned to me because apparently there's the there's U.S. military has just F- F-18s that are just assigned to people. Like, this is yours now. Like a car. <laughs> like, here's here's the title. 
<laughs> this is your F-18. Feel free to do whatever you want with it. You you want to go to Florida for a vacation? <laughs> Hop in. You're, once you honorably discharge, take that baby home with you. Yeah. It's got your name on it. No, because like in this in the scenes where they're fighting against the aliens, there's like probably like a thousand different F-18s in the air. It's like you know, I don't think that's even so plausible. Does, so does Randy Quaid's F-18 get labeled with? Well, he's going to Rus- use that... Russell, drunk asshole! He's going to use that as a crop duster if he ever makes it back from an explosion. Spoiler. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what would, you, what would you give Independence Day on a scale of 1 to 10 tentacled aliens? 4 out of 10. 4, four tentacled aliens out of 10. Around the gold bloomians factor. It needed more gold bloom. Needed more gold bloom. Yeah. Um, Need more gold it's, bloom. It's, I'm close to almost wavering to a three. Yeah. It's I, a pretty it's a pretty bad film. Like, like like I said, I haven't watched it in its full length in like five years. And even that like then when I last saw it, I was like, Yeah, this isn't a good film, but it's you know nostalgic. Now like I have no nostalgia for this film anymore watching it. It's like, oh my god, why is this film so long? Why is nothing happening? Why is there more focus on the fucking boomer the dog? Magically, you know, Vivica Fox and her kid, like, escaping to the tunnel with the explosions going on, and she's like, oh, make sure to yell, Boomer! And the dog, like, just runs from the explosion and escapes it. As I told you, if you haven't seen, like, the nostalgia, if any of you guys haven't seen the Nostalgia Critics review of this film, watch it. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. You should watch it after. Doug Walker's hilarious. Like, even after that part of the film and, and just a little bit later. But I mean Boomer doesn't even come back. Like you never see him again. Well no you do. When they they show him when they're driving around yeah, in the and, Jeep. Just a little bit the, after. But after truck, that No they they show a shot of him like looking up. Like, oh okay. Like, like, they no, did like, make sure So you know him. like Boomer's an important part Boomer's okay. The, the, the damn he golden retriever still, you know He go, made it okay. Yeah. No they like that whole scene is like it's Pointless. It's stupid. It's it like it's just like. Look, I, I don't want like, like look. I don't personally want to see a golden retriever get incinerated by an alien. But like to have it at the same like t- like to, to make have it a main main portion of the like a, like part. a part of like the film. And it's like there's no point. Like you didn't even have to have a, you had to have I, a dog. I think the biggest question that I have about Independence Day Resurgence is: Does Boomer come back? Boomer would be dead by now. No, 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 not in not in Roland Emmerich's world. Boomer is twenty seven years old, and he's still he's still living, <laughs> and he's the reason why the aliens are he's vanquished the, in resurgence. He's the intelligent life that's that right. takes out. He's the they sent him up in a, a spaceship, and he jumps into the mothership to take him out. Take him out. That's right. I don't know. Will we be go- going to see Resurgence at I, all? I don't want to. I really You don't, don't want to, but we have to. No, because I don't think it's part of Goldblum. The only thing is that... That film is going to probably be even longer. Nope, it's only two hours. I see it right here. It's only two hours long. Oh, well. And I say that, it's only two hours <laughs> long. It's only two hours <laughs> Well, to be fair, there's not really a lot of movies that are only 90 minutes these days. Because yeah. I told you, I finally saw The Conjuring 2 last night. And, and that was over two hours. That was over two hours. I Which, the by sh- the way, 
is a New Line film. Oh, yeah. Didn't know that until the end credits. I was like, I was surprised that is a good, <laughs> pretty good New Line film. I know I got to go see it so that we can do a podcast on it. Since you've already seen it, I'll just have to see it and we can do a podcast. For some reason, I don't know why, I was thinking Sofia Vergara was uh, the one from Modern Family. No. She was in... Um, I know, Bates Motel. Yes. I know, I know but I... Well, no, no, no. I, no that's Vera Farmiga. Uh, that's that's why her was... sister. Oh, they, oh, wow. Yeah, they're sisters. Oh, yeah. Oh. Sofia, Sofia Vergara was in um, uh, American Horror Story. Oh. Well, isn't the one from uh, Modern Family that's Ed O'Neill's wife? Is her yeah. first name Sophia? Uh, yes. Yeah, it's similar. To, I, I, to I just started thinking, I knew, I knew, I uh, didn't think it was her, but I was at the same time, I was like, thinking like, if it was her, I was like, that's a really odd choice for a main character in a horror film. Yeah. But. Yeah. was pretty good, I liked it Well, that's good. Outside of, uh, the main guy singing Elvis song, that was kind of weird, out of place. Now. Sophia Vergara is the woman on Family, on um, uh, Modern Family, which is what I was thinking right now. So you're thinking of Vera Farmiga, Vera Farmiga, which is the woman that is in Bates Motel and also in The Conjuring. It's Farmiga. Vera Farmiga, not Vergara. Ah, uh, you're getting your gaz mixed up. Uh, you're you're. Oh, that's a pretty big nip shot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but but you're getting your you're getting your. Uh, she looks like she's she, like, she, like she looks like she's strung out in heroin in that picture. Yeah, I don't know. You look and go back and look. It, at, it did, no, she looks like she just did some smack. <laughs> Depends on the picture. Well, I'm not. And, I'm not saying it's a good picture. Yeah. I'm saying that's not a. But yeah, so so you're thinking of Vera Farmiga, who's in who is in Bates Motel. That's that was she was in The Conjuring too. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I want to do a podcast on The Conjuring too. I don't know if we'll get to it in July because of Jeff Goldblum month. We'll have to wait till it's on but, DVD because um, that's right. It's been in theaters for quite a while now, and like yeah, I said, not I a lot of people were it. there when I went to see it, so it's probably going to be pulled pretty soon. I think next podcast, are we going to do, are we going to try to do Resurgence, or are we going to try to do something else? That all depends on you. It depends on when we can get to the movie theater to see Resurgence. Like I said, it depends on you, not me. Yeah. I mean, I could probably go next Monday or something. But do you really want Resurgence to be part of the no, next more? Monday is the 4th. So probably can't go. I don't know. It is a Jeff Goldblum film. I, I know, know, but do you want to really part? I don't know. Well, I definitely be, want to do the fly. Well, to be fair, now that he's getting older and doesn't give a shit, yeah, um, he might be very cold me in this in this new one, just like not giving a, t- a shit at all. Just like, yeah, I, I'm doing mustard. So I mean, we got like four months to do Gold Bloom stuff. Four months? I think so. So I mean, I definitely want to do the fly. I think you mean four the, weeks. Four four weeks. <laughs> four weeks. I definitely want to do the fly. That one we have to do. That one's not a not an option. I, I agree. One. I want to do Lost World because want to do Lost World. So there's those are two out of the four that we're gonna do. Um, and then we have some that aren't really related to the horror. You want to do Life Aquatic? 
Yes. That'd be a pretty fun one. We could probably we'll probably do the Life Aquatic. And then we need one more film, Cats and Dogs. <laughs> I think we'll do Cats and Dogs. Are you serious? Yeah, we might as well. Oh my god, I remember seeing that film as a kid. In theaters. <laughs> we ought to do Cats and Dogs. Did you see that in theaters? Uh, yeah, I think it did, actually. Oh, we're okay. going to do Cats and Dogs. <laughs> so those are the four. <laughs> we're going to do, we're gonna do uh, besides all, Independence Day, we're going to do The Fly. We're going to do Cats just, and Dogs. We just lost all our subscribers. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to do The Fly. We're going to do Lost World. So five. We're going to do five. Yeah, all together, including Independence Day. Yeah. We're going to do Cats and Dogs. And we're going to do The Life Aquatic. And if we can, we're serving. We should do a Bill Murray month too. Some well, well, we can get to that as, as soon three, enough. Three but, years down the road, but yeah. Anything else you want to say about Independence Day while we're still on topic? It's a piece of shit. Stay away from it. Don't let the nostalgia blinders from the nineties get to you. That's it's, right. It's bloated. It's terribly acted for the most part. I, would say, I will say I do think Goldblum does a good job. I do think Will Smith does his Will Smith yet, and I do yeah. think Bill Paxton does a good job. Everything else is Pullman. Not Bill Paxton, but Bill Pullman. I did that on purpose. Two, I two different guys. No, I know. I did that on purpose. <laughs> oh, okay. I did that on purpose because Bill Paxton and Bill Pullman both really don't have any charisma. Both really <laughs> kind of are pretty lackluster. That's true. It's it's like it's that's the fun game when you play when you watch like a film. It's like is that Bill Paxton or Bill Pullman? <laughs> you decide. You you figure that out. That's right. Um, but I I, I would say it, outside of Will Smith and uh, Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> it's not well acted. I mean, Bill Pullman's serviceable, but at the same he plays Bill Pullman for guys. Yeah, yeah. And it's not enjoyable in that playing Jeff Goldblum or playing Will Smith type of way. Right. Um, the score is cheesy as shit. I really hate watching a film and you get those moments where like the score gets whimsical and you got people clapping and like, yeah, you know. Yeah. That kind of shit annoys me. The effects are terrible. Mm. Not just even by now, but by you by mid-90s standards. Fucking terrible, atrocious for the most part. Randy Quaid is insufferable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this film should not have been two and a half hours long. Should have been fucking an hour and twenty. Yeah. It's a mess. If you haven't seen it before, give it a shot. Yeah. I think you'll be surprised at what you, you see. <laughs> yeah, if if you have seen it before, but you haven't seen it in a long time, give it a shot, and you'll probably not have the same nostalgia for it. Yeah, it's not a good film. It's not even enjoyable in a B movie. No, because if you even if you get like in a B movie sense of like it being like a, oh, it's supposed to be kind of campy and quirky. Brett Spiner's the only one that fits that role because he was on Star Trek Next Gen, so him be like, oh, that's a gizmo and doodad and whatnot, and he's supposed to be a head scientist. You'll be able to laugh at that. Blah, yeah. Blah, blah. And yeah, so Brett Spiner also gives a like, tip of the hat, for, but he's always a great actor, so. But other than that, yeah, no, this film is terrible. Yeah. I would, I, if... I ever have to see this on TV again, I won't sit down balls naked to watch it after, like, a shower. I'll we're absolutely do, We're absolutely doing Armageddon so we can voice our uh, opinions on that as I'll well. I'll be cursing the entire yeah, time. I, I know. 
Because basically now we're just masochists trying to put ourselves through the worst, worst of the worst. I will say this film is better than Armageddon, though. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen Armageddon, too. Uh, so. You don't want to. Yeah. I'm telling you. You'll be like, Buscemi, why are you <laughs> in this? Um, so, you didn't give your rating. I gave it a four. I said, yeah, like four or five. Four or five. Like, 4.5. Probably in the middle. That's what you said for the Goldblum scale, not for the movie. Four, four point five for the movie. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, for Blood and Black Rum podcast, uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we are up on SoundCloud. That's where we post our uh, audio first, so you can catch us there. SoundCloud.com slash Blood and Black Rum podcast. We're also on iTunes, so just search for us on there. Uh, subscribe and also rate us so that we um, get have your, some reviews on there. Get your feedback. Know what's right. Get some know feedback it, for it. Know what you like, what you don't like. That's right. Uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Um, we don't have a lot of likes on there, but I do post quite a bit on there and also on the Moon is Dead Worlds Facebook page. So um, you can like either of those and you'll get the updates for it. Um, we're also on some other places like um, some other like ones that we don't really use that often. Stitcher. Like Stitcher, Spreaker, um, things like that. Uh, oh, you oh. can subscribe to us. <laughs> uh, you can subscribe to us on those. Um, we're also, we also have a, an email address. It's Podcast at gmail.com. You can email us and let us know what you want to see. <clears throat> Maybe you want a themed month. Maybe we'll do that for you. Um, right now, you know, we're doing Gold Bloom Month, so it wouldn't be July, but maybe August, you want something else. Should not Gold Bloom Month for my birthday. Yeah, we should have. Because we got that's birthday. his birthday. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, well, that, that's a tough month because we got to do Halloween stuff that month. We do, at, we do finally hit Halloween for October. Yeah, we do. We'll do yeah. the terrible Rob Zappi film. That's right. You um, like them. Shut the hell up. I, I like the first one, but you're wrong. I haven't seen the second one. Oh, I haven't either, because I <laughs> you refuse to. I'm but, not gonna uh, give him my money. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but, I'd rather I'd rather see another Rob Zombie album come out. Yeah. Ouch. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Blood and Black Rum podcast. Hopefully, you will tune in next time, and uh, make sure that you keep checking out our Jeff Goldblum month. We will be back all throughout July with new episodes of the Blood and Black Rum podcast covering all different Jeff Goldblum films. Thanks for listening.